Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Zinc. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Me? Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I asked for it. There's only so many so many noises. There's only so make. many. Yes. Only so many sound effects. <laughs> we, we might have to go back and, like, repeat some of the old ones. <laughs> Like go back in the catalog of mouth noises. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. So tonight, today, what is it that you are listening to this this morning? <laughs> it's tonight for us right now. It's tonight but... for us. So we are having a special podcast for you, a special episode. It is a replay of a live we did this week with Gloria Ward. And we discussed mental health and all the things that, not all the things, but some of the things that have been coming up with people in her world and people who um, wrote in and asked us some questions. You might remember Gloria from episode 51. She uh, told us her story and a little bit about her background and how she came to start the I Am Loving Me project. Gloria and Amy and myself have had an amazing time getting to know one another. She is all the fun and um, we just mesh really well. We're, we're, it's, a, it's a fun little tribe. And so we are going to be collabing with her a lot. And monthly we will be on the I'm Loving Me Project's Facebook page. We're going to drop the link in the show notes so that you can join that page if you'd like as well. And we'll be going live. And so we did that this past week. We had some uh, great interactions. People asked some fun questions. So you're going to hear us reading those out um, in real time and all the awkwardness that a live recording <laughs> comes with. <laughs> Gloria is an author. She is an entrepreneur. Um, she started this program and she did it for women, stay-at-home moms, entrepreneurs, uh, career women, anyone, but to give people the option to create an empire if you desire, but to build confidence and love yourself is the main reason for this group. And she is just an inspiration to us and we love spending time with her. So we're super excited about this 
this little collab that's going on with her. And each week will be different depending upon the questions that are asked of us. This week we touched on friendships and relationships and parenting, um, especially, you know, when children are having a hard time in terms of their own mental health or, um, you know, how much do you share with them about yours? So all sorts of topics were discussed that I think a lot of people have some questions about. Yeah. And parenting is something that I feel like we shy away from because we are parents in the midst of parenting and we're like, oh my God. Like, I don't think any parent is like, yeah, I got a handle on this. I know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) No. With our experiences that we've got some bits of information for you and it's, it's like everything else. Uh, we have bits here, there and everywhere and you take it and you use what you can and throw the rest of the curb. Love it. Everything that we do on this show is that. So, uh, you know, we are going to throw it all at you and you can see what's going to stick and the rest of it. Bye. (laughs) So, you know, I think that knowing that other parents are struggling is helpful and knowing that other people are struggling um, in their relationships and finding friends and how to handle friends who are having a lot of mental health issues in a time where there aren't a lot of therapists to help. So we talk a lot about this on this um, particular episode, what to do in those situations. We need to have a permanent love it or leave it button on like every episode. And you can just <laughs> in your own mind, you can press like, I love this and I'm going to keep this information or you can, yeah, I'm gonna leave this one. Away. No, thank you. That's, <laughs> that's all you say is no, thank yeah. you. On our next episode, we will continue on with Dr. Stewart. We are going to be talking about hot topics in mental health. So these are things like narcissism and gaslighting. And what are some other ones? Imposter syndrome. Oh gosh, imposter syndrome. All of the things that probably can have their individual show. Right. But we're just going to touch on them. And then if there's interest, we can pick one or all of them and expound on it. So those are the few that we have uh, that we plan on talking about. If you have others though, you just need to email us. You can send us a DM or you can leave us a voicemail. We love the voicemails. We love hearing I from like you. I like to hear your voices. I know. I, it's great. So um, don't like forget about like, that. Like on a phone call or something. Yeah. So that's at www.unqualifiedtherapists.com com. There's a little pink microphone. You just click on that and you can leave us a voicemail. And if you mess up, you can re-record. So no worries. You'll also want to check us out on patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. And that is where you can get some exclusive content and some fun stuff. As well as the video of our conversation with Gloria. And I just made some new phone wallpapers and, oh, yes. up- and I have my, I have it up. We picked the same one. Yes, on Sarah our and I have the, <laughs> Sarah and I have the same one, but you guys go grab them. They're really fun. And uh, we'll try to keep updating those. So you can have new phone wallpapers. I don't know. It's the small things, right? It's the little, it's the little things. things. It is. And our newest Patreons are getting their mugs um, in June. And that's exciting too. Our newest $20 is. Patreons, I should say. Yes. And I think those are the mugs now, the ones that it, once you put the coffee or tea, God, tea, <laughs> um, that's a throwback. If you don't tea know, if you're I Sarah. Don't like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like tea, but if you put your hot something in there, it changes color. Yes. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Gloria Ward from the I'm loving me project. Let's stay wild and weird warriors. Take care.
Real Talk, Safe and Uncensored with the Unqualified Therapist, the series. So the first thing is, you know, I, I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves and just give us a little bit of background to uh, our audience. Let's go, go alphabetically. Go, oh, man. oh, man, I'll go first. It's <laughs> fine. I can do that. I'm Amy. I am one half of the Unqualified Therapist. We have been on the air for about a year and a half now with our podcast. Sarah and I coined ourselves trauma queens, and we say that in the funniest, most serious way possible. If that's a thing, yeah. Uh, we've we've been through we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot of therapy. We've been through a lot of life events, life altering events, and we are here to stop the stigma, to open up doors, and open up the pathways of talking about mental health and uh, mental illness in a way that is normalizing it, so that everyone feels like they are not alone. And so that's about us. I guess I should have said more about me. Um, <laughs> I am, let's see, I'll just tell you how old I am. How about that? I am a proud 43 year old. Ooh. I love my forties. It is my favorite decade for sure. It is the big, like, I don't give a, can we swear on here? Yeah, you can. Okay. This is the big, I don't give a fuck decade. And I love it so much um, where you just don't and you live authentically. Um, I have two children. I have um, a son, Avery. He's five. I have a daughter, Lily. She's 12. Um, I am a widow. I had a husband, Scott, for 17 years who was, had bipolar disorder. And that's a whole story that you can check out on the podcast that I share. Um, currently, though, I do have a boyfriend and he is wonderful. So we call that chapter two in the widow world. So, you know, lots of self-healing prior to that. And, you know, I'm all about just learning and growing and being real. So Sarah and I are no bullshit. I'm Sarah and I'm the other half of the unqualified therapists and we do all the things Amy said uh, <laughs> but me personally I am just turned 40 I say just in August of last year. So, you know, we're, we're halfway through it. Um, and so far also my favorite decade, it's something about that. I don't know if there's like a realization and you know, something kind of clicks and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> like, <That's right. laughs> I need to live for myself and not all these other people. So it's been phenomenal. Um, I'm loving that. I also have two children. I have a daughter, Willow, who is nine and a son, Vian, who is 12. And, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome and awful. And I love being a mom and hate it. And all, these all at once at once, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have gone through some shit. Like Amy said, you know, I've gotten through gone through a lot of loss. I lost my mom, my dad and my brother, uh, my whole little nuclear family. I do have two sisters. Um, but uh, I also went through breast cancer. I'm a survivor. Um, I'm going to start singing again. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so just, you know, been through it and done a lot of self-healing, still on that self-healing journey, still have days that are shit. Um, but, you know, we kind of muddle through and survive it. And we talk about this a lot. It's sort of like, you know, right now I'm in a really great place. So it's like, I think back, I'm like, how was I even in that spot? Like, 
two weeks ago or yesterday (laughs) or yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's just, it's one of those up and down journeys. Healing is not linear. You know what I love about you guys is the fact that, um, one that you do keep it real, but then two, it's like you, you make it seem like the, the healing journey is fun and you give it balance right? Because, you know, and and we're going to talk about it, about, you know, therapy and all these things that are available, but the stigma around that, right? is like, oh, I'm going to tell all my problems to this person and I'm going to be sad and I'm going to be crying. And and it's like, yeah, it'll be that sometimes, right? But it's, but it doesn't have to be that all the time, right? You need something where you are, enjoying your life while you're healing you are laughing while you're growing right yes and i think that's what your platform does it gives you the opportunity to understand and know that while we're growing it is hard there are good and bad days but guess what we still go through it we still sticking with it because you know what we already know what the other life was like. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. We already know what the other life was like. So now we're going to try to stick with this and see if this works. Yeah. Right. Because I know what those stories are. And I, and I've, and I've been through enough shit to know and understand that when you're by yourself and you have a house full of people, but you still feel like you're alone right? When you feel like you just can't take it no more, what happens? Sometimes that therapist can't do it for you, but that friend can, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That confidant can, right? Yeah. So that's why I love you guys' relationships because you guys have been friends and confidants to each other, which is like the ultimate thing that a woman looks for, right? You know, yes. you have a best friend, you have a best friend, but also you growing together. That's right. Yes. We talk a lot about that, about how hard it is as an adult, you know, there's, there's just as a adult, a grown adult with like other responsibilities and a family and this not having friendships is so different than like your college friendships or high school friendships and how complicated it is. Um, and really for me, like the biggest rule is like, I just am not about fake. And I'm not about dishonesty and that I just don't have time for that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Sarah and I came together. We were like, Oh, you know what? We're going to get rid of those people because it's just, you know, there's no, there's no room for that in your life. Um, and it's not that we're dumping on each other, uh, or, you know, spilling our guts to one another all the time. We talk, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about like how to productively share, you know, things that are heavy with someone else. And there's like, there's, there's a way to do it. That's not so destructive or burdening on someone, I guess. Right, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it takes both sides to understand how to do that for that to happen properly. And that's where we're learning how to do that. And in the process of learning how to do that, we're hoping to share that with everybody so that these relationships can grow and change and get better And, you know, my marriage has grown and changed and gotten better just from learning these things and knowing how to talk to people just a little bit differently. It was funny. We were talking earlier before we got on here and Amy and I were, and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm getting better at not saying things so bluntly. (laughs) 
And then I was like, I don't know from the look on your face if I'm right or if I'm delusional oh, <laughs> by God. saying that I'm getting better. I don't know. <laughs> is she? Is she getting better? Sort oh, no. not answering. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, sort of. And I appreciate the effort. We both have an edge to us that we're trying to soften because the world has done us dirty. Yeah. And so we have a very, like, come at me, bitch, kind of thing, like, real mm-hmm. quick. You know what I mean? And we're really trying to soften that and ease into it, especially with people who you love and trust. Right. And those are right. sometimes the people that get the brunt of your shit. And trying 100%. not to, yeah, trying not to put your best foot forward for everyone but those people is important too. And that's a lesson that I learn all the time that I'm always thinking about. Um, so, you know, I think that there's definitely growth for both of us to continue on that journey. <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes I'll be like halfway through word vomiting and then I'm like, I didn't even do what we've been talking about doing and make sure that she's in a good place for the evening. And so I have to stop and I'll be like, I'm really sorry. I just like completely unloaded. Like, are you okay to listen to this right now? (laughs) And you know, sometimes when you're having it, when you're in it too, like, and it's really depends. And this is why you want to have open and honest communication with your friends is that sometimes when I'm in deep depression, I also suffer from depression and generalized anxiety disorder. So that's up and down all the time. I want to hear your shit because it's helping me come just to another place of not thinking about myself. And then there's other times where like, I'm so sad and I just can't hear anything else. So it really depends. And that's why we talk about saying, um, and just asking questions. We were saying earlier today before we got on how important it is to ask questions, ask questions, yeah. ask questions, ask questions, right. and don't assume anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were talking before we got on here, the three of us in, in saying like therapy is really hard to come by right now. Therapists are really hard to find right now. So people are relying a lot on their relationships, but it's a tricky thing because we have to be able to trust one another. We have to know how to speak to one another. And, you know, so we're trying to help do that. <laughs> um, we mess Amy up. I, we mess up a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, lot. Well, I guess for me, uh, you know, right now, um, I do have like uh, a lot of friends that, you know, I've, I'm that person that, that came from corporate America and now I'm doing this. So now that they know that you're doing this, they they believe they could call all the time and just be like, well, let me tell you what happened to me. And, <laughs> you know, so I become your sage, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and you're telling me all these things. And the other way around, it's like, okay, well, who do you call? Because this person is already going through something. This person is always going through something. And if you're the person that everybody's coming to, then who do you unleash to? Mm-hmm. Right. right. And, and you're right. I used to have, I used to have a therapist who I would, you know, talk to and I would just unleash everything on her to the point where I was going to her house. Y'all, I was like, I need to come over. (laughs) I was bringing food. She's like boundaries, boundaries. (laughs) Be honest with you. She blocked me. I can't go. I promise you, she blocked me. I can't call her no more. I tried. She don't pick up the phone. And I was like, oh, is this what stalking is? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
fucking one on one. Because she was like, <laughs> she was like, good, good luck to you. You're okay. And I'm like, I'm not okay. <laughs> and so I called and it's like, hello, this is such and such. I said, this bitch blocked me. Like, for real. Like, it's over. <laughs> Oops. Hey, you lessons know? learned. Lessons learned. Look, but I was like, I thought you taught me another way to actually, you know, uh, 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 have boundaries with people, not just cut them off. So I'm up there like, well, what did I do? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. She never, yeah. If she never came and was like, hey. No, we can't, we can't see each other. Like, it was just a, a hard nah. cut. But you know, then I understood because I'm like, oh, okay. Now I, I guess I was a little draining. Okay. So how many, how many different therapists have you had like in your lifetime? Two, two, because okay, so I, you're, you're early in your journey here. Gloria. Yeah. So I was, uh, so I've been through I got, 18. 18 for real? Well, see, I, I was forced with one because I had got a DUI. So I had to go to the right. therapy thing or whatever. And then the other one was voluntarily. And then, you know, that's when, you know, I was just like, well, I need to talk to you or whatever. And then it's like, oh, okay. Well, this girl is, mm, I don't know, you know. But yeah. what, what I found was is that what she was trying to teach me was, is that you can't come and drain me with all of your issues because I'm still human. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I appreciate that you have allowed me to, you know, be in that space with you. But at the same time, I got to be able to form my boundaries because what you've given me is a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. That can potentially mess up my way of thinking in helping you. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I didn't get sure. that until later, until I had the experience that with my friends, where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, y'all, I, I, I can't, I can't take on all of your stuff because I am on my journey too. So if there's a risk that I need to take, if there's, you know, something I need to do for myself, I don't want to go ahead and think about what I told you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, or yeah, think about yeah. what you did and, and think that's a good idea. And then now I'm not following the practices that I learned. Right. right? So, so that is a really great way to like kind of lead into how we start the conversations with one another. And it's exactly. just asking the question. This is how we started off when I don't forget and just word vomit everything. But when I actually remember to start it this way, <laughs> um, <laughs> we start off by just saying to one another, like, I need to talk about some stuff. Are you okay to listen right now? Mm -hmm. Like is and now a you, good time? Yeah. Do you, you have, have space space to hold for and, this and, right And now? usually like, it's important to also say, I need to talk about some stuff that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then that fear and anxiety comes in where it's like, Oh my God, what did I do? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, so it's like, this has, this is a totally different part of my life. Um, but do you have space, uh, yeah. for this right now? And if not, and then like, as the other person, if you don't, um, say I don't right now, like I'm dealing with whatever with my kid, how about tomorrow at noon or something like that? And I know that sounds a little bit like prescriptive, but it really does help because then you have the space and the person feels heard when yeah. you do share. And there's something about that. That's like, it's, it's a good boundary. Like boundaries are healthy and boundaries do feel good. And we need those boundaries 
right. in relationships. So then you know for a fact that you're not burdening the other person because yes. they've just told you. So now you're not worrying about like, oh my God, I just unloaded all that shit on her. I wonder if she's like, good God, all she does is call me and complain. And like, right. you know, and but that way, you know, for sure, like, oh, I'm not burdening. This is a good time. She said it's a good time. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then what you can say back to is the, so the person asks, do you have space to hold? The other person can ask a next question and say, absolutely. I'm good right now. Do you need advice or do you just need me to listen? That's the other really important one Mm. Yeah, is to say, what is it that you want from this? Because that person, me, usually I don't want advice. I just need to talk. Um, And when the person automatically comes back with a solution that is really a problem that isn't doesn't have a solution it's usually grief or i don't even know something that you really can't solve um (laughs) i feel very like unheard right i feel like you're just trying to fix it and get off the phone with me so you know i think that by saying that it's such an important thing to say like so do you want do you want me to help you find a solution to this or are we just talking and i say that all the time like i'm just venting Yeah, she'll she'll even say it without me even having to ask. She'll be like, I don't need advice. I just need to vent. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. All right. I'm here to listen. Good. I, I told my uh, ex-husband the other day, I said, I need to talk. And so he called and I was just like, you know, I need to talk about some things. And he was like, what is this about? Is it about me? Is it about this? Is it about that? And I was like, no, but what I appreciated, <laughs> what I appreciated was, you know, he did, you know, hold the space for me at the time. And so today I was just like, you know, thank you for listening. Right. Uh, because we, we do go through that where if I'm upset, like, Considering what we do and we're trying to grow a business, you know, we got families, relationships, all this stuff that's going on. I don't know about you guys, but I go up and down at least 10, 15 times a day where I'm happy, crying, mad. You know, you have all these emotions, right? Because so many things come at you at once. But what I what I learned was, is that when when people do give you that space, remember that it is their time that they also given you, that they love you enough to give you that space in order for you to vent. So keep in mind that, you know, uh, they, too, might have something that's going on, but they love you enough to to stop that, to listen. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they believe at, at whatever point that they're giving you that they want to hear you and they want, you know, they want you to be heard, which is which is which is very important, I believe. So with that, I was just like, wow, thank you so much for yeah. you know, allowing me to, you know, to speak and thank you for allowing me to vent. And he was like, oh, you're welcome. But, you know, it, it really it really meant something in that moment because it was something that I needed. Right. Yeah. And I think that people, when you respond like that and thank them for their time and just for that space, they feel so much more like valued and it's easier than if you're going to have that conversation again, I don't know, sometime down the road that they know like, okay, well, they didn't take it for granted. It wasn't like they're taking advantage of me or something, you know, that they truly appreciated the time that I was giving them um, to listen and hold space for them. Yeah. Time is, in my opinion, time is the most loving gift we can give someone. And so we give it to, we give more to those that we love 
more. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's a very valuable thing that we can't get back. We spend it very easily. And so, yeah, I think we just need to be more mindful with our time and with other people's time. We have a comment from Marie. She said that that's a good way to start a conversation. So many times people call me ready to vent and have no idea the kind of day I've been having. Some days I can't, I just can't answer. I don't have the room or capacity yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. We feel you sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can even yeah. just like shoot, if they call you, you can even do the like decline with a text and say like, you know what? I don't have the capacity to talk about some like these things right now. I have some things going on, but I'd love to catch up with you another time. And just, or I will, I will say, you know, if it's someone who I'm very close with or, you know, I say, is this an emergency? Like, is it, do you need me right now? Is it an emergency or is this something that you just need to vent about? Because I can definitely talk to you tomorrow about that. But if you have an emergency, I can help you now. But otherwise, yeah. like I've got other stuff going on. I try really hard to keep the space open for emergencies. Um, mostly probably has something to do with my fear of like something happening to someone, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. Fear, <laughs> so, um, but I try really hard to not ignore because I want to make sure like, there's not a, I don't know, a real situation that we need to handle right now. Um, but again, if you can have that open and honest communication, it's so much better. Mm-hmm. because you just feel so much more love on both sides. Right. And yeah. we were, we were talking yesterday, we had uh, a guy on, we was talking about um, men and mental health and even holding the space, you know, like in your relationships, you know, with your spouse and, and things like that. And uh, how it's so hard sometimes just to get the person to open up. Right. And being able to, figure out how you do that in an environment where they feel like they're not ready, right? Mm. Or they don't, they're not ready to be vulnerable, right? And and I I wanted to get you guys opinion about that because I was, I was talking to the guy yesterday. And one of the things that he said is that when you're in a relationship, especially when you are with a man, you know, they are afraid to be vulnerable because they feel like if they do tell you something as a as a female being close to them, that you're going to use that as a weapon against mm-hmm. them. Right. And I was like, what? And, and, and I understood it, but I was just like, why? We're we love you. We're nurturing you. We're telling you we want to be here. We want to be able to communicate. We want to be able to, you know, have these things. It is always something in your mind, but we as girlfriends, we do it all the time where we open, we vulnerable, we get on the phone, we do all of these things. But when it comes to men, it is like you get the the total shutdown, right? Hmm. So have you guys had the experience with your mate where they are allowed to be vulnerable? And if so, how do you open up that conversation? Because a lot of us, a lot of us want to know. Well, not me. I ain't got nobody here. I did. Kill her. <laughs> you know, like, kill her. How do I start talking to you in dog language? Oh, I wish oh. we could talk to our dogs. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh my gosh. I would just sit and talk to my dog all day. He go in the room, child. He leaving now. So. <laughs> he don't even want to hear it. <laughs> like, I'm done with you right now. Right. <laughs> do you want to go first? So, I mean, sure. Um, 
So I, uh, my husband and I have been married for 15 years. We've been together for like 18 and it's a, <laughs> it's only been in the last, I'd say five or so that I feel like our communication has gotten to a really good place and we still have to work on it. So this isn't something that just like happens. And it sounds like the gentleman you were talking to may have had some bad experiences where he's had someone weaponize that's what I was thinking feelings mm-hmm. against him. And that's unfortunate. That's really sad. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that there's a generalized statement to say that like men are afraid that you're going to weaponize that again. Well, again, I was them. also thinking that I've felt that way before. So it can be anyone yes. who's had that yeah. experience where someone's taken a vulnerability that you've shared a girlfriend yeah. even and thrown that back at you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that absolutely. Was, I think he was saying in general, that's what guys are thinking. Like, sure. If I share with you, Amy, that I was sexually abused as a young child and I'm a male you might look at me differently. You know, you might think that I'm not man enough now, so I'm not going to tell you, right? Because something happened to me, right? And, and, or if I tell you that I, you know, molested someone, but I changed my life, you probably don't want to be with me. So I would never tell you anything like that, even though you're still wondering why, uh, 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 I'm angry or I get upset or I'm triggered by certain things, because if I do tell you, you might use that against me. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. Yeah. So, and and that's the thing. I go to Brene Brown a lot, so I'm going to just apologize for it, but I'm not sorry. Um, but she wrote a book called braving the wilderness. And I, highly recommend it. Um, Amy and I both read it a few years ago as part of a book club, actually, that Amy was doing. But um, it gives great examples and it's a great guide on how to have difficult conversations, basically, with people. And there was a quote that I actually pulled up and it's so perfect for this because I think that we as humans do this a lot where we we look for the negative response back because that's what we expect. So we look for you to be judging me and, you know, that fear, like he's having, like, I can't be vulnerable because you're going to, you're going to use that against me. So there's a quote from the book and it says, stop walking through the world, looking for confirmation that you don't belong. You will always find it because you've made that your mission. Stop scouring people's faces for evidence that you're not enough. You will always find it because you've made that your goal. True belonging and self-worth are not goods. We don't negotiate their value with the world. The truth about who we are lives in our hearts. Our call to courage is to protect our wild heart against constant evaluation, especially your own. No one belongs here more than you. And I know that that's like, so it's just something we all have to read and reread and read and again and put a tattoo on our foreheads about it <laughs> and like, in people's faces to figure yeah. out if you belong is that yeah is that what it said yeah, yeah it's basically like stop scouring people's faces to see like they think i'm not enough they're That's thinking right. Right wait for right the now. wait for the negative response you know you're yeah. just like anticipating it and my therapist says that to me all the time she's like if you're constantly looking for people to if you're constantly looking for evidence to support your thoughts about yourself, you're going to find it because you're looking for it. 
But if you're constantly looking for evidence to support the opposite of that, you're going to find it because you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. She's like, so stop looking for the evidence to support these bad things that you're telling yourself that you're not worth, that you're not worthy, that people don't love you, that, you know, you're unlovable. Like stop looking for evidence for that because you're going to find it. I think culturally too, um, men just are not expected to be vulnerable. And when they are vulnerable, it's seen as weakness or myriad of other things. And to me, that's just like so far from my reality that it's hard for me to even like I couldn't be with a man who's not vulnerable. <laughs> so, right. so I mean, to me, it's a, it's definitely something that I look for as, as the very, very positive thing. But I will say that as women, we're more vocal with yeah. how we're doing and what's going on. And, um, I know that, you know, my boyfriend had some problems opening up because I think he thought like, my issues were bigger or my issues were, were a diagnosed illness or, you know, my husband died rather than his divorce or whatever you're going to compare it to. Um, because I talk a lot more about things and I think that that's hard for, um, men to, you know, open up when they feel that there's is not maybe as big and and I say men because that's what we're talking about right now, but I almost feel like this could be across the board. A lot of times humans don't want to share their feelings or share their, their um, frustrations or traumas because they feel like it's not as bad as what you went through. Mm -hmm. And so um, Sarah and I talked about that with a psychologist recently about how to handle that and how to open that door so that you can share with someone, even if you have no idea what they went through. And even if, first of all, no trauma is worse than another trauma, trauma is trauma, you know, you're like, it is what it is. And so, you know, the idea that you don't have to either hold back because you think theirs is worse or you don't have to one up anybody because Mm -hmm. that's, we're not in a trauma race here. Right. (laughs) Or you're like, like me too. Oh yeah. I, well, guess what uh, happened to me? That's right. Mine was so oh, much worse. I know. <laughs> I can relate. I had four or five cars. I have. I had to get up from under. What? It's like no. Yeah. No, yeah. God, exactly. No. And so there's just there's so many things. But at, back to the men situation, I feel like in the relationship that I'm in, and in the relationship Sarah's in, like we just continually have uncomfortable conversations. Mm. Um, we, we don't force it because I don't want anybody to speak until they're comfortable, but like I open it up and I say, you know, if you're not feeling well, if things are not okay, please tell me, even if I'm in a space that seems worse, because when you're in a partnership, I mean, at that point, I feel like you should be able to share no matter where you are. Like, it's not like, um, I need to be in a good place to hear what you're saying <laughs> like because you know you're doing life together so um it, you know and it might take the woman to lead that you know charge right yeah and i think what's really helpful with uh, my relationship too is that i will <laughs> validation so like when he does share something with me validating that by saying like that sounds like it's been really frustrating for you. That sounds like it's been very hard for you. I'm so sorry that you're feeling that way. I'm so glad that you trusted me with being able to tell me that. 
And that's, you know, with any relationship, not just a romantic relationship, friendships, whatever, like letting the person know. And, and that's, a, you know, just kind of an, another path real quick. But um, Amy and I have made it our mission with one another to, well, not just one another, but everybody we talk to that when we're thinking something about someone positively, we, we speak it because those things just need to be said more often in life. And so I think that that validation is important for all. We all need it. We all need validation. We all need to know that what we're saying isn't bothering the other person. We all need to know that it's okay to be vulnerable, not just, you know, men, but women too. It's, it's, especially if your trust has been faltered in some way, which I would say the majority of people out there have run into some kind of issue that has altered their ability to trust other people. Yeah. So I think that's where we get into these situations in the first place. Right. And, and I wanted to say too, guys, because you guys are moms, right? And I know on our platform, we have a lot of mothers who are out there who, you know, are trying to do their best for their kids, some for their grandkids to give them that opportunity to hold the space for them. Because, you know, even after this pandemic, a lot of the kids are suffering from depression, a lot of, even the music, y'all, like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, the music, you're dancing, you're, you know, you're laughing, it is more like this culture where the music is kind of sad and it's airy and, and eerie. And I'm like, well, what happened to we go into the party? We about to dress up. We about to do, you know what I'm saying? We got our makeup on. It's not like that anymore. Right. Yeah. So, Billie Eilish has got the market on the sadness. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I love her though. <laughs> what happened? You know, but our, our kids now, I, I was saying this yesterday. I grew up in the Bronx, in New York. The trauma was normalized. Why? Because somebody can come, they can shoot, we'll all run in the building for a little while, run back out and go back out and play, right? And it was like nothing. It was just like, oh, somebody shot up the place that so we waited and then we were right back outside, right? But it's like growing, when you grow up, you figure out, well, that shit wasn't supposed to happen, right? Like, right, no. right, like, right. Okay, it's so like the first why. time you tell that story to someone, and they're like, uh, "Right," and it's like, "That's why." What down the street? I'm always watching my back, right? Like, because you're trying to be aware and you trying to figure out where that comes from. So it's like the kids today with so much depression and everything that is going on. How do you talk to your children, and if you're you know, if you know someone or who kids who are suffering, how does a parent relate to their kids? Because it is difficult, especially if you're on your healing journey and you're trying to figure it out. Right. Right. It's like, you're like in our houses or something no, and like watching like, us you know, and like, this is, Oh, I know what's going on. I'm going to ask the exact pointed question. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is like the major thing that's going on right now. And a lot of women are asking, like my kid is coming home and you know, they're, uh, well, I, I give you guys a prime example. I had a, a, a friend of mine uh, who I work with. And he called me and he said, you know, Gloria, do you have some resources that I can use for my son? And I said, well, what's going on with your son? He said, he needs help. He needs to be able to get into a program. And I said, yeah, you know, I got some resources. I said, does he want the help? And he said, yes. 
So I called a friend of mine, we got him on three-way and he was like, what is your son doing? He's smoking marijuana. Now it went to cocaine and he's just sitting, it's affecting his work. He's in the house. You know, he is guys. I think he's like 19 or 20, right? Dad is a CEO at a company. Mom does, uh, you know, like a lot of work, stay at home mom, best education, everything. So it is not environment, right? At least we don't think so. We don't know. We're not in the household, right? Right. And it's like, at this point, what is it that you do as a family? And he, and he said, Gloria, I done tried everything, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm trying to be there for my son. Right. But he, he needs to be able to get the help. Right. So I'm like, damn, all that time you're working on yourself. Your wife is working on yourself. You're working on your family. And then you, you believe that you're giving your kids the best life. You bust your ass to make sure you give them a good education, good schools, everything. And you're in this situation and you say, how the hell did we get here? Right. Yeah. I mean, he has to be wanting, he has to want the help first is the number one thing, but support showing love. Trying. I mean, my first thought is, is that it, that it was, it might be mental health and it might not have anything to do with environmental. And that's what I'm saying. It's, It's like, how do you start that conversation with your kids? Or if you see your kids, uh, uh, in these type of activities, like immediately as a parent, you're going to run to try to help to get to, to get the resources to combat whatever it is that you see. Right. Right. But how do you start that conversation to figure out the things that you don't see? Cause he might be bipolar. He might be suffering from depression. He might, you know, have anxiety. He might have all these things, but the only thing dad knows. And that's that, that's what I had to tell dad. The only thing that dad knows is my son is smoking marijuana. And right. So he needs right. to go on he, a program. Yeah. Right? He only, right. he's only seeing the effects of whatever Correct. is happening. And, you know, at this point, again, I'm going to go back to communication and open communication. Sarah and I over talk, I'm sure with our kids about mental illness and mental health. So it's just a normal thing. Like you can just say how you feel all the time. And if there's, you know, very, I'm very open about my own mental illness. And so I think that maybe they haven't grown up in that environment and that's fine. Just start today mm-hmm. and say, you know, there's these possibilities of things that could be happening. Or you could say like, you know, I feel really sad sometimes as the dad, you know, and this is how it feels. Is that something like you're feeling like trying to relate to them? Real. I I don't know. Again, I'm very unqualified, (laughs) (laughs) but what I, but I go with my gut, right? My gut says that the drugs are not the issue, that there is a mental illness, mental health, something triggered, something happened that had nothing parent. The thing is, guys, is that sometimes it's chemical. Like it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. The only thing now is to help get the help and get the right treatment. And, you know, it all, the rest of it will fall into place. Um, But I'm sure that it is easier to say that the drugs are the issue, but I'm wondering, I don't feel like that's, I don't know, Sarah, what do you think? No, I agree. I feel like the drugs are the result of something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it just, it could be that and, and depression is even a chemical thing, you know, sometimes right. like, right. Not it, it is. It doesn't. Yeah. Period. <laughs> sometimes period. It all the time. The chemical thing all the time. Not just sometimes. Yeah. But um, I'm like, I'm, but I'm asking is like, how did we get here with our kids though? Or you mean like as a just, country pretty much? Yeah. Or are we just shining a light on something that has always been there? Because, you know, like I said, for me, I don't know, you know, like because chicken it was and so egg. normal, right? It was so normal for me. I didn't know until I got married that I had issues, right? Because all my life I thought I was cool. Right. So I think that we're just shining a light. I was I diagnosed at 18 when I went to college um, for a myriad of reasons. And I think that more people suffer, more people have uh, some sort of chemical imbalance than we ever talked about. And we just chalked it up to, because here's the thing, it's very easy to use drugs and alcohol to balance yourself out. Correct. Um, and then we have drug and alcohol problems, right? So yes. our country's very good at those treatment programs. We're not as good at mental health issues yet because we've only seen the drug and alcohol that was the result of probably a mental health issue somewhere along the lines. So I think we're just shining a light on it. I think it's always been there. And I just think that, you know, it's it's hard to talk about, Yeah. With you know, if you've never talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think we're just shining a light because I also think that there's an evolution in the way I think we're doing a job. I'm not going to say good job. We're doing a job. <laughs> we're doing a goodish, <laughs> decent, sort of okay. Okay. Removing stigma around talking about your feelings, maybe not mental health, but your feelings. So now that we're being allowed to express ourselves more and you're seeing that more in the music that's coming out like you said yes, and right. and um books and poetry and 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 kids are now more you know if you go on tiktok and like yes they're so open and so able if, to talk about yes. things so yes. i think what's happening is that for decades we weren't allowed to talk about anything so people medic self-medicated and drugs and alcohol and everything was part of that self-medication and so like you said then as this reactive response like we were like okay we have to get these treatment programs for people for drugs and alcohol instead of like going to the root of what's causing that Mm -hmm. people to turn to it um but now that we're allowing kids to talk more about their feelings then it seems like Mm -hmm. they're they're more sad or they're sadder yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just that people are vocalizing it more. And I mean, I talk about this a lot on our podcast. It's like my number one thing that caused me to break was holding everything in because that's how I was brought up. And I think that's how a lot of us were brought up mm-hmm. that we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We feel sorry for ourselves for a minute and then we brush it off and we move on because we have life goes on. We have to keep going. What, what do you mean? Everything's fine. You have a great life. What do you have to be sad about? Exactly. Like, it could be so much worse. It could be so yeah. much worse. It could be right. so much worse. Just, you know, stop, just stop. That was another and- thing. Stop, stop crying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my, my daughter says stuff that really, I think she's saying it to me as a compliment, but it hurts my heart when she tells me that she's like, really mom, she was like, you're the only one who knows, like who listens, who understands and asks the questions that my friends wish their parents would ask. Wow. And, um, 
So sometimes they'll ask me or they'll talk to me about it and I don't want to overstep. I'm not calling somebody's parents and being like, your kid is, but at this, but so, and I can be annoying. I know I can be annoying to her, but I want her to know, like, it's, it's (laughs) my job, right? It's okay to explain, like, to talk through why you're sad or why you're irritated, like understanding irritability, right? Mm-hmm. As not anger, you're irritable. Those are different feelings. Mm-hmm. And so we've been talking a lot about that and what, what could have been triggering you to make you feel this way in this situation. And so it's just about, you have to start the conversation as the adult, as the parent. it's your job to do that, but you have to learn about it first. Come on now. <laughs> because because I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying, where you're saying your daughter friends feel comfortable coming to you is the parents repeating what they already know. That's that it. That's all it is. Quiet. That's that's all it is. Nobody's doing anything quiet. wrong. They're doing the best that they know how with what they have. I just happen to have been set in this strange life that is full of mental illness, like where I had to deal with it and recover and keep going. And now we have this amazing podcast and we're writing books and we're doing all these things. So that's just my life. Right. right, right but, right. and my goal is, is to help parents do what Sarah and I are doing, you know, how, how help them, you know, I'll show you any podcast. You don't have to listen to my podcast. I'll, I'll point you in any direction. You know, I'll send you to any book. It doesn't have to be my book. But you have to learn the right language. You have to learn, you know, you can't, you have to understand it before you talk about it. And you have to know what questions to ask and how to ask them. Mm-hmm. So that, that brings us to another thing that we were just talking about with the psychologist we had on um, that'll uh, on the next episode. And she said, she'll even say to her clients, I'm going to mess up. And we both were like, oh my gosh, we love that because I'm going to say that to my kids and use that with my kids. Like, I want to talk to you about this. I'm going to mess it up. I'm a human being. I'm going to do the best I can. If I hurt your feelings, I want you to feel okay telling me that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have been trying to say that to my kids and they've told me before, like, that really hurts my feelings, mom, or I don't like it when you do this. It makes me feel sad. And so then taking that information and applying it going forward is super important too. And then when I do mess up and do what I said that I wouldn't do, apologizing and owning it. That's another thing too. Like I don't think my parents ever apologized. Absolutely. To me ever. And so, absolutely. No, yeah. It was it was their way or the highway. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're always right, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you I know think- how like you snap on your kids because yeah, I do it, it has, all the time. And it has it has absolutely nothing to do with them. It has to do with something you're frustrated about elsewhere going back and apologizing for that is so damn important Mm -hmm. that was not you mom should have not done that that is not the right way to handle my stress but it happens and i do it sometimes and i'm sorry and that's that whole idea of like being vulnerable both directions i I have another question i know we're running out of time but this is one of the biggest things that you know uh the people and uh, the parents on our platform uh always ask is how do I go ahead and tell my kids what happened to me? It, is, it, is it a way to do that? Because my kids look at me like I'm their superhero, right? If it's a man or, you know, the lady's like, you know, well, my kids doesn't know. And what I tell them is 
But when you snap, when you're yelling, when you're angry, when you're all of this stuff, they think it's them. Yep. Mm -hmm. They think Mm -hmm. it's because you don't like them. Yep. Right. So in, in, in you guys opinion, how do they sit and start to tell their kids, okay, the reason why I feel this way is because I was sexually abused. This happened to me, you know, or, you know, I'm suffering from this because they're afraid that if they do tell the kids, they won't be looked at in the same light. Right. And then it becomes a burden on their kids where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, now the kids feel like they have to uh, be extra cautious because my mom is, or, you know, I have to be there for her because my mom suffers from, right? And so the parents don't say anything because it's like, I don't want to burden my kids with that. I want them to have a good life. I want them to remember me and know me for who I am now. Well, you a bitch right now. (laughs) You know, that's what they, that's what they are saying. Okay. Yeah. They want to know why every time uncle Larry come over, you having a fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, there's so much to say about that. So, so important um, to share. I have to say that that was probably one of the biggest turning points in my relationship with my son is when I started to share with him that I'm not perfect. Mm hmm. And, you know, he actually said that he's like, but you're perfect and daddy's perfect. I'm like, oh, 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 honey, you said that, but. <laughs> I was like, sit down, let's have a talk. Yeah. And, you know, because, but the way I started that conversation was when he was in trouble for something. And so I was reprimanding him. And so mm-hmm. then he kind of started to like, I said, bud, you can't beat yourself up over it. You're a human being. We're all learning how to be human beings. All of us, you are, I am, daddy is, we're all learning. And so that's when he's like, no, you already know how to do it. I was like, oh no, no, I don't, I do not. (laughs) So I was able to take that opportunity to say to him like, and and, you know, I've also had other opportunities too. I I suffer from depression as well, generalized anxiety, CPTSD. So um, just lots of letters and things, <laughs> um, diagnoses out the window. Uh, but so I, I did spend some time in the hospital about six days. And so when I came home, my kids were like, where the hell were you? Like, what's oh, yeah. So I actually took that time, you know, to say, mommy suffers from depression. And I explained to them what depression was, you know, uh, and it's a sadness and it, it can make me feel things about myself that aren't true. And so what that did though, opening up to them about it allowed them to, when they feel sad, they're safe with mom to tell them, to tell mom, I feel sad because mom feels sad too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I feel frustrated or angry, it's, it's safe to talk to my mom about that because she feels like that too sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when they do something like, so if my son explodes and loses his temper, you know, then, and he's, he gets all like bent out of shape and everything. Like I'm learning now to not explode and lose my temper too and yell and whatever, (laughs) (laughs) let him have his moment and get to a calm space. Cause they can't just, that's like just something that I feel like I need to say, cause it was something I had to learn. They can't hear you when they're in that spot. Let them calm down first when they get to a calm space and you can have a conversation with them. That's when you can open up and share and, and just feel confident being vulnerable with your kids because 
those kids love you unconditionally right now. Mm-hmm. I say right now, cause God knows what happens when they become adults. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right now, like you are their everything and showing them that you're a human being allows them to relate to you more. It allows them to respect you more. It allows them to trust you more. And then you don't have to guess at what's going on in their lives because they can come to you and feel comfortable coming to you. That's such a huge blessing. Watching that transformation with my son has been like, he has struggled a lot. I mean, just, he struggles with depression and OCD and he gets bullied badly at school. Mm -hmm. And so also sharing my experiences with that to say like, listen, as much as it really sucks to say this, unfortunately, bullying is a part of growing up. Do I agree with it and think it's okay? Absolutely not. But I will tell you, I experienced it too. Daddy experienced it too. Here's what happened. And then there's that shared experience and that connection and connection is what we need so much from one another and and especially with our children. I mean, I don't know, Amy, if you, I was going to go into the questions. Um, okay. So, and and I relate to these, um, well, what Sarah said, I agree with 100% and I do that with my own kids, but these things do happen to me too. This just because it happened to you doesn't mean I'm going to go through it. Um, I told Sarah recently about this and this was a situation with my job. You said, ho, do you respond? Who you calling a ho, girl? (laughs) (laughs) I've got over that as how. She means how. (laughs) We get it though. (laughs) Um, But like, (laughs) so here's the thing is that when my daughter, that happened with me and my daughter who we have a very good relationship and my feelings were so fucking hurt. I was like, well, fine, then I am not telling you anything else, you know, and it was about um, something I'm going through at work. And she was like, well, just because it happened to you, that's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to ever let people treat me that way or something like that. Okay. But then it's like, sure, they say that, but they're, but you're still building this like rapport with them of like, I'm being vulnerable with you. And so when some, I said, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope, and and I hope that's why you're telling her that. So it doesn't like, happen to her. I like, hope you need to know my story. So you don't repeat it. We're breaking I hope the cycle. That you're, yes. I hope your story is different than mine. I really want that for you. I really do, but it doesn't hurt. And that's me also making it a way for your kids to understand that other people's stories are important. Like, listen, it's important to listen to other people's stories and it's hard. I mean, teenagers so, are so selfish, even the best ones. Um, so <laughs> Uh, I lost the other question. Um, oh, because she's laughing at her hoe. Uh, <laughs> the- uh, Khadijah says, sometimes the kid will use it as a weapon against from my personal experience. So it makes me not want to share certain things with them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't had that happen yet, but I'm sure it will probably like when I can't have her, she smokes weed for the first time or something like that. She'll be like, right. well, you did it. Right. Um, <laughs> you do it. I don't know. So, uh, so, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, probably that'll happen. I guess I lean upon the side of over communicate and over be over vulnerable um, because the opposite, the other side is just repeating what we went through, right? This whole, like, my parents are up here and I'm down here. And it's not like that. Yes, I, you need to respect me. Absolutely. But, you know, I, we have to open it up and bring it. This generation is not going to take that kind of shit. I'll tell you that right now. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, 
you know, hierarchy like that anymore. So you have to kind of like, I'm not saying we have to earn their respect, but I'm saying that like, you have to be vulnerable. You have to show who you really are for them to be able to feel comfortable to come to you again. It doesn't mean my kid doesn't say hurtful things to me because she does. Mm -hmm. And my, my son, I mean, he's only five, but he tells me all the time, all the time, it is time for you to move out. I am done with you. <laughs> and all I've done is say, like, put your iPad away. It's time for bed. I'm getting a new mom, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it's just like, whatever. Kids, kids can be so, such assholes. Um, but the, the thing we were talking about earlier, though, that's a much different level of like, so let's say that you were sexually abused or sexually assaulted or, and that does bring things up. Um, I think you can always do it at a level that, works for their age range right so yeah. making it age appropriate and then i guess i would also think like teaching them good boundaries like uncle i don't know what you said joe whoever yeah. f that we're not going anywhere uncle joe is like right. no done like and teaching your kids like no we don't put ourselves in those situations like that's it done um and so like i don't think you need to tell them the whole thing now there's so many things that my kids don't know because it's not age appropriate at this point in time but i can say that i have you know anxiety or a trigger or trauma or i don't know something bad i don't know something that makes me feel angry when this happens mm. and so it's, it, it's something you know and without giving in too much detail depending upon how old they are i don't know what do you think sarah yeah no i completely i completely agree i was actually gonna say the age appropriate thing so yeah and also it's like when when my kid uses something against me because it happens um because they're kids and they're just like well now i know this thing about you so they're just so <laughs> selfish i mean they're just yeah what kids do right and it's 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 sort of a kid thing but just you know i just have to say like i shared something with you and i'm trust i trusted you with that and i would trust that you're not going to put that back at me to make me feel bad about myself with it again and right. if I can't trust you to do that, I'm not going to share more things with you. Mm. And yes. just, you know, kind of in, it, I mean, age, of course, <laughs> but I think every age can kind of understand trust. Yeah. And letting so. them know that um, Sarah actually like encouraged me to do this. And I went back and did it, letting them know that your feelings are hurt. I'm like, just as much as I'm human to mess up, I'm human that like, you kind of just hurt my feelings. Like, I, I love you. And I like that hurts when you speak to me that way, when you talk to me and talk about me that way, um, in hopes then that she'll turn around and not talk to her friends that way or something like that, or a teacher or whatever. But it's just like saying that you're hurt and instead of screaming at them, right? Like I'm in charge. Don't ever talk to yeah. me like that. Like <laughs> not saying I don't ever me. do that, but <laughs> it's not probably the best thing to do. Right. No. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up, ladies. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. And, and I believe that with you guys' experience, especially, you know, being mothers and relationships and all the things that you guys are going through, it will really, uh, this will really be a good open forum so that our women can, you know, get the, the tools that they need. Because you will be surprised of how many people are out here and just don't know what to do even though the knowledge is there and there's so much information 
Right. There's so much. That's the problem. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, that's the problem. There's so much you don't know who to believe or, you know, what to do or how to do it. Right. Yeah. So I am so glad that you guys have decided uh, to do this with us. And I thank each and every one of you who came on, who stuck with us, who asked questions. Felicia, thank you. Khadija, thank you. Marie, thank you. Thank you to everyone. And I can't wait to keep the questions coming. Yeah. yeah, please go ahead. You know, we, we're going to do this on Wednesday. So if you guys have, you know, any questions or anything, we would love to go ahead and answer. Just don't ask me any relationship questions, anything <laughs> I can help you with. <laughs> I can't tell I you like... what to do with your man or anything like that. I don't have one. <laughs> It, mine ain't work. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say though, like also like everything is trial and error. So like, if it works great, if it doesn't try something else, like, yeah. Till you, till you find something that works, just don't give up. Absolutely. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so time. much everyone thank for joining you. us. Yes, yeah. Appreciate it. All right. That's it. All right. We'll Good see night, you guys ladies. next time. All right. Bye. 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 This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualifiedtherapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior, hold on. We're going to make it. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.